a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio, and today, unfortunately, Tyler and I are going to have to record separately. Once again, uh, Tyler is working on redacted Dude, I don't know how many is this now, 15, 20, 25, I don't know, but I'm very happy for him that he's out there working on another redacted project. Um, He has told me a little bit about this one and exciting to say the least, so very happy for him, but unfortunately that means that we're going to have to do a little bit of a separate recording again this week. Let's just jump right into it. (sighs) Georgia 42, Florida 20, my God. Uh, uh, This one, outside of a stretch in the third quarter, which I did really like, outside of that stretch in the third quarter... This one really highlighted just the massive difference between Georgia and Florida right now. Um, It's going to take a few years for us to get to the level where we are competing on and off the field with Georgia. I feel like we are getting much closer in terms of recruiting in that front of competing with Georgia. On the field, we're going to have to wait for those players to get on campus, develop a little bit, and then we'll be able to, you know, I think achieve the goals that we want to achieve you know i mean those are sec east division titles first then sec championships and then contending for um national titles and making the playoff you know whether it's a four-teamer or expanded to 16 by the time probably that we're able to get there um this is this was just dominant from georgia all around um brock bowers is made in the lab uh you saw that catch that he had along um the the sideline that was just tipped 17 different ways and he was able to bring it down his hands when he brings down the football it's it's very for those who watch basketball it reminds me of Kawhi Leonard he has just insanely large hands and he's able to grab the basketball in ways that other players can't and I feel the same about Brock Bowers and I really noticed it especially during that play where he's kind of tiptoeing along the sideline ball bounces off a Gators defender I think it was Amari Bernie bounces off Amari Bernie's I think helmet bounces in the air off of Bauer's shoulder pad, Bauer's helmet, three or four tips, and then nails it and comes down. Just a cheat code, you know? Um, and not to mention Washington, their other tight end, who wasn't as much of a factor because he looked a little um, like he was limping after the beginning of the play, first series. So, yeah, just completely different. I did mention that third quarter stretch, though. 17 unanswered points, two straight turnovers forced by the Florida defense. Um, it, it was 28-3 to at halftime. And I had the tweets ready. The uh, Georgia football team is losing 28 to three and uh, and blows that lead. Uh, I had those tweets ready to go. Did not get them fired off for good reason. But for a little bit there, for the third quarter there, did seem a little bit fun. We were able to get the game down 28 to 20, um, which I think was a massive win. And again, that that goes to what I said last week about my favorite part about this Gators team so far. And the the most notable difference um, in the Billy Napier era on the field is that this team doesn't quit. And even though they were down 28 to three, even though they were being dominated the entire first half, even though the defense was being torched in the entire first half, they were able to go up, get two turnovers. The offense responded 17 unanswered points. Um, It's a good sign going forward. Uh, I like seeing these moments in these games, especially guys, it's, it's Georgia. All right. It's, it's not like this is happening against Vanderbilt, um, which that comment may come back to bite me because in a few weeks, I'm going to talk to you about how I think Vanderbilt's a much better team than they've been in the past and what their record shows this season. But that is for another episode that hopefully I can talk to Tyler about. Um, but no, I, I do like that. They had no quit. They were able to get the work in and um, that's my positive from the game. But again, not very much. Uh, I, I will say too, since we're here, um, I'll add this to the rundown here for Tyler, but uh, Cormani McLean, when I talked about last week about, hey, you know, at least the recruiting trail, landing number two player in the country. Yeah, he committed to Miami. So not a great week for the Gators, both on and off the field. I do think that it is positive and we are rolling in a good direction. So I'm not here to panic, but I am here to be cautiously um, analytical, I should say, about these next four games and and bull eligibility. We, we move now to four and four. 
Um, we will talk a little bit about the Florida Texas A&M game in a little bit. Uh, but but yeah, other news around the program, uh, along with the uh, Cormani McLean commitment to Miami, Brenton Cox has been dismissed from the team. Um, I am recording here on Wednesday because we will get to the college football playoff rankings in a minute. But um, recording here on, on Wednesday, so Tuesday, yesterday, he was dismissed for what Nate Pierce says, quote, a culmination of issues. So wasn't just one thing that happened. Uh, there's video circulating of after a late Georgia touchdown. Uh, looked like Brenton Cox kind of threw a punch at a Georgia player, which um, – if not great, Bob, don't like that. Um, but he was dismissed from the team and Napier didn't really give much of an answer. Uh, he's really keeping it in house, which honestly, okay. Um, and if this was a culmination of issues, then clearly it wasn't just one thing that happened. Um, I'm going to take Napier's word for it. Look, it's going to, there's going to be players coming in and out of this program. Last year it happened. It's going to happen this off season. I would expect it to continue to happen probably through next year. Um, and, and then after that, if we start seeing players get dismissed and stuff, if we start seeing players dismissed that Napier brought in, then I'm going to start to worry a bit. But I'm not too worried here. It does have an on-field effect for this season. I think Brenton Cox was our second-best defensive player behind the god, Ventrell Miller. Um, led the team in tackles for loss with, I think, six or seven. And, yeah, it's going to be a big loss on the field. But like Napier said, there's going to be guys that just going to go up and fill in his spot. And that's football. You know, that's that's what it is. And it's unfortunate that he's off the team. But I think um, if Napier thinks it's the best thing moving forward, I think we're so early in his tenure. I'm going to go ahead and um, take his word for that. So I did mention the college football playoff initial rankings. They did come out yesterday on November 1st. Um, Here are the rankings as follow. Uh, Notable rankings. The top four, you have Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson. All of them are 8-0. On the outside looking in, number five, you have Michigan at 8-0. And you have Alabama at six, sitting at 7-1. Notably, TCU is at seven, sitting at eight and zero. Um, and there was a lot of talk about that last night with the committee, um, with analysts and such, about oh, an undefeated TCU is behind an Alabama one-loss Alabama team. Um, you know the SEC bias and all that. And, and while I do think that there is some truth to the SEC bias stuff, I don't think in this situation it applies. I mean, look at Alabama and how they've kind of snuck out, been able to win all these games. They took Tennessee to the limit. Um, in a classic game already, game of the year can game of the year for sure, game of the decade candidate. I've said that before on multiple platforms. And TCU, as good as they've been, and as great as that game against Oklahoma State was, and as as great as the um, these games happening where they're coming back and winning football games, I, I do think that if Alabama and TCU played head to head, they would be winning. They would win that game. And I think that the committee gave them TCU a little bit of respect too, because they put them above Oregon at eight, who sits at seven and one whose loss was to Georgia. You know, they it was a bad loss. It was, you know, rough. But Oregon is clearly a team that has kind of turned it around. Um, rounding out the top 10, you have USC at 9, sitting at 7-1. And LSU, the highest-ranked two-loss team, sitting at number 10, 6-2. Uh, they're above Ole Miss, who, granted, they beat. They gave Ole Miss their only loss, sitting at 11-8-1. They're above UCLA at 7-1. They're above Illinois, who's at 16, which, by the way, Illinois, congratulations, like, Brett Bielema has, he's doing Wisconsin at Illinois better than Wisconsin. It's kind of crazy. 7-1 above UNC at 7-1, above Tulane at 7-1. So um, I I actually do like it. I think LSU has really grown and and become a really good team. Um, Group of five teams ranked. There's only two in this initial rankings. Like I said, Tulane at 19, sitting at 7-1. And UCF at 6-2, sitting at number 25. So this is um, definitely... Not a G5 heavy um, ranking, but I think that that might change in the future, um, especially given some of the back end results. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, they, they kind of rank the back end of the top 25 to justify what they do at the top. And I mean, let's remember, this is a television show. OK, they want you to talk. They want you to have speculation. The only rankings that really matter are the last ones. Um, it is just very interesting to see what their thought process is week by week. So I think for an initial ranking Um, I think it was the right thing to do to put Tennessee at one and Ohio State at two. I personally think Ohio State's a better football team than Tennessee, but um, I can't argue with Tennessee's dominance this season, especially offensively, and they have the best one in the country against Alabama in that classic game. So can't argue with that so far. Um, Those are my thoughts. I think we can then move on to silly season update. Um, Brian Harson, he's finally out at Auburn. Listen, I'm never going to be happy that people are losing their jobs. I don't like that, Um, but I will say that the cushion <laughs> cushion is the best word to best way to put it the cushion of um the cushion of 
his his buyout is is incredible. Auburn is paying astronomical numbers in buyout money over the course of the last few um, coaches that they fired. So they still got the Gus Malzahn firing on the books. They still obviously have the Brian Harson firing here on the books and all of the assistance from both of those staffs. Well, the Harson staff is still on there. They're the interim staff until the end of the season, but eventually they will pay. It's something like $46 million combined in buyouts over the last few years. A lot of money happening there. I will say Auburn, this timing, we, we, we said specifically myself, I said, why didn't they do it over the bye week, right? Why didn't they give themselves and, and their staff some time to prepare and stuff like that? Well, it's because Auburn had not hired a new athletic director, right? Their athletic director resigned in like August. So we knew that Harson was lame. We knew Larson was lame duck when they failed the coup, famous coup in February of this year failed. But um, Auburn has finally named Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen, a former Mississippi State Athletic Director, I should say, John Cohen, their new athletic director. They named him on Tuesday, one day after Harson's firing. So, you know, um, deductive reasoning can tell you that Cohen was like, hey, look, I'll take the job, but I am not firing Harson. So the notably, the press release on Monday from Auburn didn't mention Harson by name. They just said they've parted ways with the Auburn football coach. So... Yeah, a lot of uh, pettiness there. I did read an article last night from AL.com. It's like a Alabama newspaper um, for the state that does a lot of you know journalism and stuff work in the state, especially with their football programs. They basically wrote the what went wrong for uh, for Harson and Auburn, and they go all the way from when he was hired up to when he was fired. It's a very interesting read. I highly recommend it. Uh, I will say there was a moment where apparently. Um, Derek Mason was trying to, you know, say something and have some more control about hiring a defensive line coach last season. Um, and he said to Harson that he has more experience as a head coach in this league. And Harson straight up responded, oh, you mean at Vanderbilt? And I think that is one of the rudest but funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Harson straight up was like, come on, dude, were you really a head coach? You coached at Vandy for five years. Yikes. Not surprising that uh, Derek Mason took the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator job and took a reported $400,000 pay cut to do so. So a lot of those um, chess pieces, a lot of those things are starting to, to be clear. So that's Brian Harson. He's the latest addition. Obviously, so many coaches that we could talk about. The obvious big name publicity one is going to be Deion Sanders, um, who I saw a video of him yesterday. Yesterday, uh, takeoff, one of the three members of, of uh, one of the three members of Migos um, passed away tragically in a he got shot in Houston after an alleged like dice at a dice game or something. I don't even know, but um, it, I did see a video of Deion Sanders basically talking to his team, saying we got to break this cycle. We got to we can't go back and, and do all those those things that we used to do. Um, and I think it's a very important thing to have a black head coach uh, be able to relate to a majority. Well, at Jackson State is an HBCU majority black, not only football team but campus, but. You know, this is a sport that's primarily played by black men in this country. And a lot of the times the head coaches are white men. And while I'm sure that those coaches are well-intentioned and really do care for their well-being, there's something about having someone who looks like you, who's been in your position, and who understands your specific struggle and life experience um, as a black man in charge being able to be that role model. And I think that um, Deion Sanders in a video that was circulating on Twitter, I encourage you guys to search for it, was talking to his team about, you know, the takeoff death and, and basically, you know, be caring for those guys. And I think that that's something he's going to make a great power five head coach one day, if a program wants to get him. But if he is to stay at Jackson state forever, I would not be mad. I think that man is molding young men. And I think for all the flash that prime, right. Prime time, the prime, the character, prime, the football player had, I think Deion Sanders, the coach, um, is doing a fantastic job at Jackson State, not just in the X's and O's, but in the locker room and molding these young men, which, if we're being honest with ourselves, is much more important than any result on a football field. So obviously, he's going to be brought up. He's in the state there with Jackson State. Um, we'll see how that goes. There's guys like Matt Rule, who are rumored they'll definitely get attention. Lane Kiffin will definitely get attention. Um, there's a lot of names out there that will be talked about, but I really am wide open. I would rather have this coaching discussion with Tyler on the show. So Tyler, I know you're listening to this before you record your part. L let's shelf this conversation. We'll have that conversation about the coaches to replace Auburn and why Auburn is such a specific job and interesting job to take um, at a later date when we can have that conversation, maybe in the off season, maybe um, we'll probably hire him before bowl season, but you know, we'll find a time Tyler. Okay. 
Uh, all right, that's it for silly season update. Let's go back to five wide from last week. What an interesting week of football games. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, both Tyler and I got three points each. So the score stays 32 to 31. Tyler in the lead. But I promise you, not for long. Not for long, ladies and gentlemen. I am on his heels. Uh, this week's games, Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. We both get the points on that one. Uh, this one is a little bit of a game to the first half and into the third third quarter. But um, Ohio State's defenders really made it a game. Sean Clifford had like five turnovers in this game. So really, we, we ended up betting on the Sean Clifford is still the Penn State quarterback, and it paid off for us. So we took Ohio State on that one. We get the points. Oklahoma State zero. Let me say that one more time. Oklahoma State zero. Kansas State 48. Neither of us get the points on this one. And it's not because we didn't think Kansas State could win the football game. It's because we just thought Oklahoma State was a really good football team. I have been praising them all season long. I've been saying the Big 12 runs through Stillwater. And man, was this a shock. Credit to Kansas State. Backup quarterbacks in, um, in for a bit. Just incredible performance from them. 48 to nothing. My hat's off to them. And it really paid off in the eyes of the committee because they ended up ranked 13 in um, the college football playoff rankings. The second highest two-loss team behind LSU at 10. So incredible stuff from them congratulations to them i'm excited to see how it goes for them they are in five wide this week so we'll um we'll talk about them in a little bit neither of us get the points on that we both picked oklahoma state in the group of five cincinnati 21 ucf 25 i get the points on this one i picked ucf tyler picked cincinnati excuse me while i get a slack notification tyler picked cincinnati um this game was was good i had this i watched this entire game along with the gator game there at the same time uh, John Rice Plumley goes out at the end of the second, towards the end of the second quarter, takes a nasty hit to the head, just helmet to helmet. I'm not sure if there was targeting called, but there probably should have been. Um, I don't think it was intentional. So maybe like that targeting one where you don't get ejected, but still, I think maybe 15 yards and, and a personal foul was warranted. Um, he does not come back into play. I think UCF's medical staff did the right thing. I think they were, you know, taking care of him from concussion. He was back out on the sidelines with sunglasses and in street clothes. So he was done for the day. In comes Mikey Keene, which I never want to be proved right because a player got injured, but I was ended up being proved right because I've been saying the entire season, I think Mikey Keene should be the quarterback for UCF. I've been saying it to my UCF friends. Again, I watch a lot of UCF football because of my friends and my girlfriend and all that. But I think Mikey Keene is the better of the two options. And he slung that thing in the game uh, in the second half. He really turned it up and he led UCF on a game winning drive where they had four or five passes of like 10 to 15 yards that just moved the chains and were able to keep going. I understand John Rice Plumley is an athletic freak. I understand that he's a better runner of the football than Mikey Keene. And in the Gus Malzahn system, that is prioritized more than just being a pure pocket passer. But man, they got some they got some speedy receivers. They really have a lot of talent and speed at skill positions at UCF. And I think that you can just do the run, orchestrate the run game through Isaiah Bowser, the running back, and then you can get the ball out with an incredible arm talent with Mikey Keene. So he's he's a I don't know who's gonna play next week against Memphis, but I personally would hope it's Mikey Keene. Um, I hope John Rice Plumley is okay and cleared and all of that. Um, I, I think that you know I hope that he's okay, and obviously no one wants to see an injury like that. Um, but personally, I think moving forward. I think UCF has the potential to play in the group of five New Year's Six game, win the American Conference. Um, they got a big game against Tulane in two weeks. They got to get through Missouri, uh, Memphis first, and then we'll see how it goes. So I get the point on that one. Tyler um, does not. Kentucky six, Tennessee 44. Yikes. Tyler gets the point here because I picked Kentucky. Tyler said the he doesn't believe the only way that the only way that Kentucky could win this game is if they slowed it down and did not make it a shootout. Well, it became a shootout, and there was no way they could keep up. I was completely wrong on that. That's on me, Coach. Not great, Bob. Um, not going to say much on there. Tennessee's good, uh, so Tyler gets the point on that one. And then Ole Miss 31, Texas A&M 28. Tyler and I both get the points on this when we picked Ole Miss, but I will – I'm not going to eat crow, but I will give A&M their credit. They were competitive in this football game throughout. They were down, I think, 14, or 14 17 points, I don't know, at one point. Then they came back. It was a close game at the end. I really like that true freshman whose name is escaping me right now. He's good. I think he's going to be good in the future. I think he's the best quarterback option that they have. Um, we will talk about this game in a bit. Uh, 
because the Gators take them on next week. But um, for now, I thought it was a good first performance and a step in the right direction for A&M's offense, I think. Uh, Tyler and I both get the points that we picked Ole Miss. For two-point, Tyler picked um, Iowa State, I'm sorry, to beat Oklahoma. He was incorrect. Oklahoma 27, Iowa State 13. Um, This game was interesting in the first half, and then OU kind of pulled away, nothing serious. Um, And then I picked Pittsburgh to beat North Carolina. That did not happen. North Carolina 42, Pittsburgh 24. I applied the Pitt principle, and in the first half, it looked good. They were winning at halftime. It looked good in North Carolina. Drake May is just really good. He ended up coming back and winning the football game for them. So no points for us on two points. That, again, brings our total. Tyler 32, Sergio 31. I am on your heels, Tyler K. Williams. You just best believe what's happening. Um, Other non-five-wide games to talk about. uh, Utah escaped last Thursday night. Washington State 21-17. Um, Michigan beat Michigan state 29 to seven, but this game was overshadowed by what happened afterwards in the tunnel leading to, um, the locker room Two Michigan players got jumped. And I'm, I'm not even like exaggerating. They just got straight up jumped. Like the Michigan state players went in, if helmets were thrown, punching them, stomping them, he got jumped and it's kind of, it's really sad. Um, uh, as of right now, I think four Michigan state players have been suspended from the team. Uh, Michigan is looking to press charges. It's it's serious. These these schools do not like each other, and not just the school fan bases. The players don't like each other. The coaching staffs don't like each other. This is yes, Ohio State is Michigan's biggest rival, but man, is this Michigan Michigan State rivalry a serious serious hatred? Um, I'm just glad no one got seriously hurt. I hope that we don't see this stuff again. Um, I'm not going to blame this on the fact that Michigan only has one tunnel. I think you know. Uh, grown adults and young men can uh, control themselves and not get into a fight and jump someone else. But I will say this was exacerbated, um, be heightened, I should say, because there's only one tunnel at the big house. Build another tunnel, Michigan. Like, get one for the away team, get one for the home team. Don't know why. Um, Oregon beat Cal 42-24. to A little bit of a scare there early on, but alas, didn't really work out there. Uh, Louisville, 48. Wake Forest, 21. Hello, um, Louisville. Looks like uh, Scott Satterfield is going to be keeping his job. Looks like they're not going to make that move. Um, looked really good. Malik Cunningham looked good. Um, interesting game there. USC escaped Arizona 45-37. This is a typical road game trap kind of situation. But UC- USC went, went in and escaped it. Caleb Williams, 411 passing yards. So interesting game there. Um, that's pretty much it that i have for those non um non-five wide oh and missouri 23 south carolina 10 that was unexpected for me i I thought you know they would win that game south carolina would handedly but alas didn't happen let's move forward let's talk about the gators um the florida gators taking on texas a&m it is a noon kickoff on espn um listen both teams are unranked both teams are looking for bowl eligibility. Um, A&M has lost four in a row. They are three and five right now. Gators are four and four. I think the Gators win this game, but I think it's close. I liked what I saw out of that true freshman quarterback for Texas A&M. And I think the loss of Bretton Cox is a big deal for the Gators. I think that I would feel more comfortable if he was playing, but obviously he's no longer on the team. Um, It's a noon kickoff. It's at the big house. I don't expect it to be that raucous of an atmosphere, Compared to what it could be, it's not a night game. The team's not doing very well. Games at noon, all these different factors. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping for a Gators victory. I think what I want to see here is, I want to see that this team is, I want to see that this team is progressing. You know, I liked what I saw in that third quarter stretch, like in the Georgia game. I want to make sure that this team is not giving up. I want to make sure that this team is putting themselves in the position to make the plays. Um, I'm hoping they make the plays, but again, I'm not, you know, freaking out about if they don't do very well situationally, because I know that help is coming. I know that the recruiting class is really well. I know that these guys need more time to kind of gel, you know, first season. Okay. I like to tell everyone, Saban went seven and five in his first year at Alabama. Now, Napier's not Saban. Obviously, I'm not saying, excuse me, but um, I just think first year is a bit of a, not a mulligan, but definitely a. And Napier warned us at the beginning of the season. He said, this is going to take time. Like, I I tend to believe it, you know? I like what I see schematically. I like what I see happening. Defensively, not as much as offensively, but, you know, give them the time. So I think the Gators sneak by with a close victory. Um, Interesting to see what's going to happen. 
Let's go to five wide real quick. Talk about some other games. Tennessee, Georgia, 330 kickoff on CBS. Game of the week, biggest game of the season so far, which is massive to say because of that Tennessee-Bama game. This game is in the hedges. Uh, it is the CBS game of the week. Um, this is tough because I kind of want to take Tennessee. I just think that the Georgia defense can stop Tennessee enough for Georgia to kind of go. This is a better Georgia offense than we've seen in years prior. Stetson Bennett is playing much better. I can't believe I just said that. Um, I'm going to take Georgia because I am not going to pick Tennessee until they show me that they can beat big time teams twice because this is, this is the second time. Um, but this is a close game. I don't know what the spread is, but whatever the spread is, I would take that. I think this is a close Georgia victory. Um, I don't think this is a blowout. It's going to be a fun football game. I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. Alabama, number six ranked Alabama, taking on number 10 LSU, seven o'clock kick on ESPN. Man, okay, my gut wants to, I'm going to use the exact same principle that I use for this Georgia game here. I want to see, I, 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 am, I would much rather be proven wrong than fall on my face, than, than pick the upset and be like, see, I told you so. No, because I truly believe, I think Bama here, um, I think Bama here, is in a good position. I know that it's a night game at Death Valley. I know LSU, this number 10 ranking has, it kind of, they kind of set LSU up to be like, okay, LSU, here you go. Here's the opportunity. Just if you win out, you're going to be in the playoff. And I like them. I just think Bryce Young is better than um, Jaden Daniels. I think that Saban knows exactly how Brian Kelly wants to play. And I think that we have a proven track record of him stopping him and embarrassing him. Now, I think he's got better players here at LSU than he has had at Notre Dame. And I think that this Alabama team is not as good as the Alabama teams that Brian Kelly has faced in the past. But I still do think that it's going to come out and and Saban will be able to take care of it. Uh, Close game again. You know, these are going to be two very close games. Great slot for Gator fans, right? Gator game at noon. This massive Tennessee-Georgia game at 3.30, and then this massive Bama-LSU game at 7. If you're an SEC fan, you got to have a good Saturday. So I'll take Bama, and if I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. But I'm, I'll go down with the saving ship. So like, I I have no problem going down with the saving ship. It was, it's been a great run. I still think it will continue. Um, but if it ends, I'll go down with it. Number 24, Texas, taking on number 13, Kansas State. 7 o'clock kick on FS1. Uh, I'm taking Kansas State here. I like Kansas. I like Texas. I've, I said in the past couple of weeks that I think that they are improving steadily, and I think that that is a good sign for the future. But I like what Kansas State is doing right now. I think schematically that they're going to be able to take advantage of the situation. It's a night game in Manhattan. Um, I think Texas, we have seen them struggle on the road in the past, especially at these raucous Big 12 environments. Um, see the game against Texas Tech earlier this season. So I think I'll take Kansas State. Um, I don't think this Texas team is that good this year, but I am in on them for next season. Number four, Clemson taking on Notre Dame, 730 kick on NBC. This is interesting because Notre Dame has definitely improved as the season has gone by, right? They've definitely gotten much better. Clemson, we have seen them not really take that next step from the beginning of the season. We saw DJ Uyunglele get benched last week and saw Kate Klubik come in in their last game. I think they were off last week. Uh, they came in in their last game. Uh, DJ is going to get the star. DJ is going to be the quarterback. And we have that m- incredible memory of Clemson the last time they went to Notre Dame um, in 2020 of that incredible DJ game. I I don't see that happening. I don't think that DJ has the weapons or the protection that he had in that 2020 season. Um, I'm going to go Notre Dame. I'm going to go Notre Dame for the upset. And I think this is mostly a principal pick because I don't think Clemson is one of the four best teams in the country. I don't think Clemson deserves to go to the playoff this year, even though I know that they're probably going to win the ACC, even though that if they go undefeated, they will put them in. So I cannot believe I'm doing this, but I'm rooting for Notre Dame so that I can get better teams in the playoff come selection time, if that makes sense. And the last one, we have Wake Forest, number 21, taking on number 22, NC State. I'm going to take Wake Forest in this one. I'm not even going to think twice about this. Um, The injury to the NC State quarterback, uh, Leary, really kind of threw them off the rails. I think they're a good football team, but I prefer Sam Hartman and and the offensive firepower that Wake Forest has. I just don't think NC State's going to be able to compete um, in that sense. That's an 8 o'clock game kickoff on the ACC network. So I'm picking Wake Forest there. For two points, again, I'm going to have to go first because, you know, Tyler's, we're not recording. So, Tyler, you, you're owed a couple and you'll get the, you'll get the pick. But 
Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, two point first. Let's take a look. We got some fun games going on. Um, oh, I'm looking at week nine. Oops. Let me go to week ten, which is the week that we're talking about. There we go. Here we are. Um, we got some action on tap starting tonight on Wednesday. Got some fun uh, ACC and Pac-12 games on Friday night. That looks interesting. Um, I'm going to leave that Pac-12 Friday night game for Tyler, though. I have a feeling he's going to want to take that, and I'll let him talk to you about that one. Tyler, I hope you pick that. Um, let me take a look at what's going on here. Uh, some interesting matchups. Some interesting matchups. Michigan State, Illinois is interesting. Oklahoma State, Kansas is interesting. Syracuse, Pitt is interesting. All those games include ranked teams. BYU-Boise is an interesting game. Um, Arizona-Utah, especially after how Arizona looked against USC. Auburn-Mississippi State in the Jack Cohen. Um, Jack Cohen, let me scroll up on John Cohen Bowl because he is now the athletic director at Auburn and not Mississippi State. Um, but I'm going to take a game close to, close to the state of Florida. Um, we have Florida State taking on Miami down here in South Florida at Miami Gardens, the Hard Rock Stadium, seven o'clock kickoff on ABC. Hate to say this, but also love to say it because don't want to pick Florida State to win, but definitely want to pick Miami to lose. So I'm going to take Florida State to beat Miami. Um, it is the annual game. This is a game that um, makes a lot of noise down here every single year, even if um, it doesn't have the national championship implications or even honestly even conference championship implications that it has in the past it's still a big deal down here i'll take florida state to beat miami i will not be i will not be celebrating this victory ladies and gentlemen all right only way i will be is if it puts me ahead of tyler in the five wide rank um in the five wide scoreboard but even then it'll be like a silent fist bump like i'm not gonna be outwardly celebrating a florida state victory come on i mean i'm 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 an idealist but come on i'm not a heathen let's go so that is my pick for two point. Tyler, I'm hoping you take that Friday night game. And if you don't take it, please say it so that people know what the game is because I don't want to leave them hanging. Um, it is right up your alley. It, it is like tattooed, Tyler. Um, it's a Pac-12 game. So listeners, you have you know some time to think about it. Um, recapping my five wide picks, Tennessee taking on Georgia. I have Georgia, 330 kick on CBS. Alabama taking on LSU, 7 o'clock kick on ESPN. I have Alabama. Texas taking on Kansas State, 7 o'clock kick on FS1. I have Kansas State. Clemson taking on Notre Dame, 7.30 kick on NBC. I have Notre Dame. Wake Forest taking on NC State, 8 o'clock kick on the ACC Network. I have Wake Forest. And my two point is Florida State to beat Miami in the rivalry matchup. Uh, I am now going to pass you off to Tyler, who will do the sign off when we are done. Um, Tyler, take it away, my friend. Thank you, Sergio. Um, apologies that we had to do it this way again. Uh, this is my fault. Uh, I'll accept it. Um, and unfortunately, working on a new project this week that is pretty cool. Can't talk about it as a, in the normal situation. But uh, it's got me working some late nights and uh, not making it pretty hard for us to record at the same time. Um, but you know what? We're, we're working through it. We're working through it. And, you know, if I have to keep recording separately so the surgery doesn't overtake me in our five wide two point picks competition then you know what i'm gonna keep doing it um but yeah no anyway moving on apologies if my voice sounds a little weird um but yes so uh this week of college football has come to a close uh let's talk about let's talk about that game uh georgia 42 florida 20 i will say to kind of echo sergio's thoughts i was impressed with what i saw from florida genuinely because i I felt like I knew what the outcome was going to be regardless of how well they played or not because I knew what this team was capable of and what Georgia was capable of, and those things don't match up well. But the fight in the third quarter was incredible to, for, for me to see. Um, team didn't give up. Team kept believing. Team kept fighting, kept fighting better. Um, unfortunately, I knew that there were a lot of times in this game where uh, in throughout the entire game, especially early, Florida had receivers open, but just Georgia's defensive line was just whooping our offensive line. Um, and I don't know. It, it's just it's just a personnel thing. And we're just like Sergio said, we're just not there yet. Um, I feel like that, like you said, the second half was a whole thing where uh, third quarter Florida comes out hot and it's looking really good. And Georgia's talent is just too much for us to overcome. So. Um, this bodes well for us in regards to the fact that recruiting is still looking well. Carmine McLean did commit to Miami. Rumors are because it was the absolutely insane NIL deal, in which case, meh. Um, 
But, you know, not great to lose out on recruits. But still, Florida's recruiting class looks great. Um, so the future is bright. Um, however, that being said, that doesn't make this not hurt. It does hurt. Florida Georgia loss in this game always hurts for me. Uh, but this is year one. This is what we knew was going to happen. We all knew this game was a loss. So I'm not going to get too worked up about it. Uh, also mentioning Brenton Cox dismissed from the team Tuesday as a for a culmination of issues. I also am happy with keeping this, you know, out of the public. I don't really know what happened, but if Napier needs to make some moves to a guy that was a senior anyway, he wasn't going to be here after this year. But if Billy Napier needs to make some moves to the betterment of the team from an attitude perspective, from like discipline perspective, this is when he needs to do it. Like this is the building phase. Like so, it's going to suck, and but I think that this is the. Re- I imagine this is the right thing to do. I don't know the details. Again, I've heard the alleged punch a Georgia player, which shouldn't really do even though you know like i don't hate like i don't like george either but come on man um allegedly but yeah so i think it's part of it additionally i believe uh this just came out that kamari wilcoxon um one of the defensive backs is going to be um transferring uh so don't know many details about that but you know it seems like some people leaving the program again this is the time you want that to happen there's not his players you'd be instilling a new culture and if you find players that are counter to that i think it is best to give them a fresh start somewhere else moving on cfb initial rankings sergio did an excellent job of covering most of these things i only have a few notes i you know it makes me sick to my stomach as a florida fan to see tennessee at one but i don't see another team that deserves to be there ohio state i think might be better than them like as a team i genuinely believe that but I don't think Ohio State has... I mean, Tennessee has the best one in the country. So Ohio State... And Ohio State does not. So um, I think Tennessee deserves to be one for the time being. Um, my only thing... TCU being behind Alabama isn't so much the issue. I think TCU should be behind Alabama because, you know, it's Alabama. Um, and their one loss was, you know, the best game of the year and all the, all these things. And yes, SC bias, but come on. Um, we all... I think Alabama would be favored pretty heavily today if TCU played. That being said, would love to see that game. It's TCU being behind Clemson, which bothers me, because I feel like TCU has had a tougher schedule, played better uh, than Clemson, and is still 8-0 as well. So I feel like we should just swap it. Like Clemson should be 7 and TCU should be 4. But again, I, I say this every year. We can get mad as all we want for this because it's about the process and things like that. This will, the teams will just make these decisions for us. You know, the teams play the games and the games decide this happens. And yes, the college football playoff committee, we there's all we all have problems with that. I do too. But it's one of those things where it's kind of fruitless to talk about it and debate too much about it right now because we're going to play a game next week and then it's all going to shift. I mean, two of the top five teams play each other. Two of the top ten teams play each other. Things are going to change. Um, additionally, yes, this is not a very group of five heavy um, ranking, but also, just to be completely transparent, this has not been a huge group of five year. You know, there hasn't been that Cincinnati or that UCF this year. Two lanes, seven and one, that's great, but it's not causing the, you know, the real ruckus that it usually does. So it's just not really something that they have to really look out for this year. Moving on to silly season, Brian Harson out. Uh, uh, Auburn should have done it earlier. Um, it just wasn't working. There's was nothing there to take. It should have worked, and it really proves a lack of alignment. Really does like mess you up in college football. Just the athletic department and the coach were not aligned of what they wanted to do. And uh, yeah, Brian Harson was also a weird hire from the get go because he's from the other side of the country, which I don't think really matters as a person who moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> Different industry, but um, it was it's weird. I mean, he's nine and twelve overall, four and nine in the SEC. Like no big wins to speak of, nothing of note. Um, yeah, ran, runs out Bonex, and now Bonex looks you know great. So um, I don't think it really that's Brian Hartson's fault one way or the other, but it's really hard to not let that be seen that way, if that makes any sense. But Auburn's now the top job open. We're going to talk way more about it in the future because I would love to talk to Sergio about possible jobs, uh, possible coaches and hiring. Yeah. Um, Deion Sanders, Matt Rule, the two big ones that come to name. But I'm sure some other people will come through the woodworks. Moving on. 
Five wide. Um, yeah, weird week. Um, Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. This is kind of a... Re- the score does not really indicate the kind of game this was. For about four quarters, it was actually a really close game. And then Ohio State threw defensive um, touchdowns and just, like, getting their stuff together. They just kind of blew the doors off of them uh, at the end. Which, you know, this is pretty far for the course for how it works for this game. Uh, but Sergio and I both get the points. Oklahoma State 0, Kansas State 48. Uh, Oklahoma State got shut out by one less point than uh, Oklahoma, so I think we know which Oklahoma school is still better. But uh, shocking. That Kansas State won? Not shocking. That they won like this? Very shocking. Because, And this has nothing to do with Kansas State. I just didn't think Oklahoma State could go a game in the season without scoring a point. But turnovers and good defensive play will do that. And Kansas State is looking good right now. Um, and like Sergio said, the committee has rewarded them. Um, but yeah, Oklahoma State, yikes. Um, get your stuff together. But also Kansas State with the backup, that's uh, impressive. I mean, they, they know what they're doing over there in Manhattan, Kansas. Moving on, number 20, Cincinnati 21, UCF 25. Sergio gets the point on that. Oh, yeah, neither of us got the point of the previous thing, but you already knew that because you already listened to Sergio say that. Um, Cincinnati 21, UCF 25. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I didn't watch Snap at this game. Um, and don't misconstrue this as like, a, I give no reverence to UCF. I just had life stuff that prevented me from watching as many games this week as I wanted. Um, but yeah, this is just the other case that was one of those years um, where... These were the two teams that were, like, in college football playoff discussions in the years prior. And they both kind of are, like, taking a down year. And so the group of five has not been as contentious this year as it otherwise would have. But, yeah, um, I have thought, like, John Rice Pilmany is a, he- a heck of an athlete. But I've, we've kind of known for a little while that he's very limited in the passing game. Now, has that ever stopped Gus Malzahn from playing a quarterback before? It never in fact, it's helped him. But um, worth looking out in the future if UCF has a better quarterback um, on the bench. Moving on. Number 19, Kentucky 6. Number 3, Tennessee 44. I get the point on that because, yeah, I no one's been able to hold Tennessee down. Um, except Florida, my, Florida Pitt was probably the one who did it the best, and that's crazy to me. But no one has really been able to hold Tennessee down. Kentucky certainly was going to be the, the team to do that. Like Kentucky's defense is good and their offense is fine, but it cannot play at this style, especially on the road. Um, Tennessee's just proven that this is a special year for them. We'll see how special it goes. And again, I really worry about the sustainability considering it's so quarterback heavy. And I, we haven't seen really any other quarterback at Tennessee be good in that system. It's only been, it's only year two, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, number 15, Ole Miss, 31. Number tech, uh, tex, number nothing, Texas A&M, 28, because they're not ranked. Um, yeah, this game was closer than I thought it would be. Um, Ole Miss kind of likes to play with their food. Texas A&M, their, their quarterback played really well this game. I don't know his name either. I, I'm, it's very bad of me. But Sergio and I both get the points on this. It's, I think, Texas A&M is now starting to play better and still lose, but... It might be turning around for them soon. I still think they're not a good football team, but might start winning some of these games soon down the stretch. But Ole Miss, yeah, get a bounce back. You, Let's see how it goes, because uh, now that Lane Kiffin is connected to Auburn, all eyes are going to be on Ole Miss, more than they were when they were undefeated, apparently. But, um, yeah. Interesting. I didn't get to watch much of this game either, but uh, I'm excited to go back and watch it. Moving on to two points. Um, I picked Iowa State. Uh, that was um, foolish of me as a recovering Iowa State addict. I got to do better. Um, but, I mean, it was it was close in the first half. It looked like it was not a bad pick, and then Oklahoma just kind of nudged it a little over the goal line. Um, Pitt 24, North Carolina 42. Sergio gets no points. Um, yeah, that game is always weird, Pitt, North Carolina. So there's nothing really else to say about that. Um, score to date. I'm still up. That's all that matters. Good people. Um, we don't have to get into the specifics of how far, um, or how many points I lead, but I don't feel like anyone wants to hear that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm in the lead. That's all that really counts. Um, moving on. I don't want to discuss that anymore. Um, moving on. I don't really have any, uh, other non five wide games that I think Sergio covered pretty much all of them. 
Uh, moving on to this upcoming week, Florida versus Texas A&M at Tech Kyle Field. Okay. Sergio thinks Florida's going to win. I think that too, to a degree, because I think Sergio's forgetting something that I unfortunately am too traumatized to forget, and it is the Jimbo Fisher principle. Jimbo Fisher doesn't lose to Florida. And my only worry is that I don't think Texas a is very good. We're not that good either. I mean, Florida's fine, but it's on the road. Florida's offense played better. Anthony Richardson is not turning the ball over as much. Um, feel like we're trying to hit in our stride. Texas a hit their stride offensively last week as well. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think Texas a might might win this game. It's just they've lost four straight. It's it's come, It's going to come around the other way. Now they're starting to play better. Um, and I wish I wish it was wrong, but like I feel like Texas A&M might, might get this one. Also, again, because the Jimbo Fisher principle of like he just doesn't lose to Florida. He just, I don't know. Um, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong so bad, but I'm not, I don't know. I, I got a bad feeling about this game. All the games after it, I think, are extremely winnable for Florida. And I think Florida could finish the season out 7-5. But uh, they could finish it out 8-4 if they win this game, but I just got a bad feeling about it. But moving on, we'll see what happens. Um, moving on to five wide. All right. Number one, Tennessee. versus number three, Georgia. Uh, Sergio has misspelled Georgia with an I in the wrong place. But uh, I'm not going to put him on blast here on the podcast for that. No. Um, anyway, number one, Tennessee going to number three, Georgia. Kirby Smart has told uh, Athens faithful to, like, pack the stadium biggest game uh of the year well that's that's fraudulent alabama was bigger for them and florida's kind of bigger for georgia i it, never mind what i just said um but sergio took georgia and look i don't like either of these teams <laughs> um but i and there's there's nothing more in the world i usually don't like georgia more but uh georgia being good is kind of an accepted necessary evil of the college football watching experience um tennessee being good rubs me all the wrong ways so i really i really wanted to end and again this is me biased florida fan talking um that being said i think tennessee is gonna win this game and mostly because like as much as the georgia offenses continue to improve and improve and improve um i don't think georgia's defense can can slow tennessee I and mean, they can slow tennessee down for sure I don't think they can shut them down, and then we're getting into a shootout. And while I do, I think Georgia with their running backs, basically meaning their running, their rushing ability of that team means that you never really have to stop running the ball, even when you're down. If Georgia can stay on top of it early, I think this is going to be a really good game with a shootout, and then eventually Georgia could win. But I think Tennessee is going to, going to. I think Hennah Hooker is going to going to pull this one out. Um, because like the way the way that they attack a defense is is something that's very hard to defend against, and you gotta have the right quarterback and receivers to do it. And this year they do, and Georgia is more methodical in their offense. Like it it, it has explosive potential all the, all over the place. But I mean Tennessee is going for the deep ball one and every three plays. Georgia's not doing that. I think Tennessee is going to hit those deep balls. I think Tennessee is going to win. All right, moving on. Number six, Alabama gets number 10 LSU. I'm not seriously considering LSU a contender in this game. I just, I really, Jaden Daniels, you're great, but I just don't think it can be Bryce Young. I really, and also, you know, Alabama's, Alabama's trying to put a point, and uh, LSU has been really surprisingly good this season. Better than what we thought. I don't think it's going to be good enough. So, Alabama. Um, moving on. Number 24, Texas versus number 13, Kansas State. There's a part of me that really wants to take Texas. There's a part of me that really wants to take Texas because I've been picking against them for a while. I feel like my pendulum might swing the other direction. And Kansas State just had their big win. So maybe, you know, swings back and forth. That being said, I really can't do it. I got to take Kansas State. I just, I like what I see out of them. They're so much more complete than Texas. Um, as talented, I would not nearly, but they're much more complete as a team is uh than texas so i'm gonna go with kansas state on this one 
Moving forward, number four, Clemson versus Notre Dame. Okay, sorry I'm yawning. Um, Sergio picked Notre Dame. That is a big growth for him. Um, Clemson, I do think, is a little overrated this year. I just don't think they have all the stuff that they need. Notre Dame has been playing better. But still, I think that Clemson is going to pull this one out. Because when everyone yells about how they're overrated and like uh, all this kind of stuff, they always seem to then keep winning. Um, yeah, the schedule's kind of soft, but um, I think I think Clemson can get this one. Either DG Wangalay or Kate Klubick, Um Either or, they've got the talent. I think Notre Dame has been better this season, but Notre Dame has also been beating teams that it should beat um, as it gets better. And uh, I think I think Clemson is going to pull this one out. So I'm going to go with Clemson. Last game in five way, number 21 Wake Forest versus number 22 NC State. I'm not betting against Jake Watson. No, sir. Not me. You will not find me doing that. Um, take take that slander somewhere else. Um, I will join Sergio in picking Wake Forest. Also, NC State season is basically over because they lost Evan Leary. So not the hardest thing to pick in the world. Um, moving on to our two-point competition. Sergio took Florida State over Miami. That is a great pick. Um, in regards to like a game to watch because Miami's bad, but they'll they for sure will play their best game of the year against Florida State. That that isn't that is a known quantity that is given. Um and Florida State is fine. We'll see if they can match. Um moving on, my pick. Sergio, I'm gonna make you happy. I am gonna pick that Friday game. Although I did consider Oklahoma State Kansas. I am going to pick that Friday Pac-12 game because these are two of my, my Pac-12 teams. I It's too good to pass up. Oregon State is playing Washington. Number 23, Oregon State is playing Washington on Friday night in Pac-12. In a, on, you know, just night game, normal night game for me. Um, Pac-12, I think it's Pac-12 after dark for you guys. But um, I'm going to take number 23, Oregon State over Washington because Jonathan Smith knows what he's doing, and I, I will not take any slander. Um, yeah, Oregon State is 6-2, and two, and Washington is 6-2. and two. Oregon State's bumping the bumping that number up to seven because again, Jonathan Smith knows what he's doing. I'm so excited for this game. Can't wait to watch it. Um, I'm excited for this week. Interesting week. Big games coming up. College football playoff rankings are now out. So now you know um, half of the game coverage will be talking about that. Um, so yeah, uh, it's that time of the year. We're really winding down. It's week week ten. Oh my gosh, like. Sorry, I just had to like look away from the mic for a second because I'm I'm shocked. I mean, the season just flies by, but we appreciate having all of you with with us for it, and uh, we appreciate you sticking with us for these split episodes. I uh, it's understand that it is genuinely my fault, and I apologize for it that we could keep having to do this, but should be able to record together next week, and I'm very excited to do so. Um, but yeah, excited for the games ahead, excited for that Florida Texas A&M game. I want to see Anthony Richardson take over. I want to see the defense step up, um, things I've been saying for weeks, but I think that Florida can win that game. I just get a bad feeling about it, but let's, I'm very excited for what I think will be a good close game. I'm excited for Tennessee, Georgia. I'm excited for all these games. Um, another great week coming up, but, uh, thank you guys so much for listening in and we'll, me and Sergio will be back next week, um, together. And it's definitely discussing more of the Auburn head coaching structure. I am excited to discuss that with him. But in the meantime, hope you guys uh, stay safe. It's getting colder out there. So warm up. Uh, and remember that we are not biased, but go Gators. <laughs> <laughs>